Hello and welcome to The Joy of Writing. I'm your host, Mark Carew. In this series, I'll be talking to authors about the fun, the satisfaction, the joy they get from writing novels. Today my guest is Sally Harris, author of Haverscroft, published by Salt in May 2019, a novel that merges the haunted house tale with a little bit of domestic noir. She started by telling me about one of her favourite scenes in the novel. The pond scene, uh, which is right in the centre of the story, was very clear. Um, and although that's supposed to be quite a scary scene, um, I absolutely loved writing it. And it was one of those rare things where um, you're typing away, because a lot of that wasn't handwritten. It went straight onto the, <clears throat> onto the laptop. And I'm a reasonably quick typist, but I just couldn't keep up with with the thought of the, and the scene running through my head and it just literally rushed out um, and it's hardly changed so um, it was shown to oh, half a dozen people over, over a long period of time as the novel was written but barely anything of that has changed at all um, and that was just one of those rushes of excitement really that you get when writing has really yes. gone well. So those, those three characters involved um, they were already there and present, and it just came out of your head. Yeah, um, I would say most of the characters I knew quite well before mm. I ever started writing it, and some of them were even there, and I didn't know why I'd got a gardener there. Um, I knew why I'd got the family there, which they're the core ones in that scene along with the gardener, but I didn't necessarily know the roles of the characters, but I had the characters, and they were just sort of on the on the periphery of things I'm thinking what are you going to do why are you here so I didn't have to kill off darlings or anything like that I didn't right. have many but right. I knew them really very well from before I ever wrote them I don't know how that how that happens but it does for me yes it's funny isn't it so I mean for the pond um, is, it, is it a pond automatically for you a, a sort of a hazard especially with young children around um, I think if I was moving into a house and new property as they were, I mean the twins are nine, uh, so they're, they're not, uh, you know, real. They're not toddlers. Yeah. No, just you know, stumble into it. But I think nine-year-olds, I would be a little bit uh, anxious about it. Not quite the way the main character is. She's obviously quite suffers from anxiety. But I would be aware <clears throat> um, that because that's a very deep pond. That yeah. run fell in it, that they've been in difficulties. So yeah. Yes, an enormously deep pond, and with the suggestion that if you do fall in, something's going to hold you down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think if I'd moved into a house, I'd be thinking there was anything to grab me <laughs> under yeah. the water. But um, yeah, that's that's the excitement of writing. There, you can make it up as you go along. Oh, exactly. Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned you had some characters ready formed. Uh, who was your favourite character you liked to write about? Um, over time, it became the main character, um, mm. and I could. I'm sitting in my kitchen now talking to you, and I could have her walk in and do all sorts, and I'd know her so well. Right. In the beginning, it wasn't her. Um, it was Mrs. Havers. Yes. Uh, and she, for a while, took over the novel, <clears throat> so she had big scenes in it and my writing group uh, were partly to blame, I have to blame them for this, um, but they really liked her because I think she was just such a powerful character. She 
she was easy to write and she came off the page so well. Um, so she was there being very shouty and loud more than she should have been, but she was enormous fun to write. Yeah, Yeah, good fun. So it's a little bit like a character behaving badly. Well, she she's behaving quite badly, really, isn't she? So um, maybe that's easier to write. I don't I don't know. I've um, in my current novel, I've got someone that's behaving badly in a different way, and I'm finding him really difficult to write because oh, I thought, you know, that would be an easy one to do, and I <clears throat> I know why he's bad, but he's just not. Whereas Mrs. Havers was absolutely there from the word go. The first time I wrote her scene, which isn't there now, it got cut, but um, Kate, the main character, and her husband go to meet Mrs. Havers in this scene that got cut. And I, again, a bit like the pond scene, it just whoosh, yeah. came straight out. And um, I haven't completely deleted it. It still lives on my laptop. She reminded me a bit of um, the Dowager in Downton Abbey. A lot of people have said that. Ah. It's probably shocking, but I haven't watched Downton Abbey. So <laughs> at some point, ah. I'm going to have to watch that series. Uh, yeah. Because I think that came out when I was really working hard on the novel, and I didn't watch much TV at all. But um, mm. a dozen or more people have said it reminds me, of, or them, of, of that person. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I mean, I mean, that's the type of person with a very devil-may-care attitude who, who is old enough not to, not to really bother about social niceties anymore. Um, yeah, that, that was um, interesting. Um, and, uh, I mean, your, your, your characters are, are very good. I, I, um, I liked immediately uh, one of them, Shirley Cooper, oh. Mrs. Cooper at the beginning, because um, she was that sort of... Uh, very steady voice of reason. I'll sit down, have a cup of tea, love, and uh, which is exactly what you want when you move into somewhere as uh, somewhere like uh, Haverscroft. Um, I I didn't like Shirley at all, and it it came as a surprise to me that you could write a novel and not like yeah characters really. Um, but whether it was because it, uh, Kate finds her very irritating and a busy busy in the beginning. Um, I don't know whether I was suffering from the same thing, but I really didn't like her, particularly in the beginning. Um, and but she, again, she was easy to write with her bangles jangling and yeah. her, her scarves. Actually, I'm wearing a scarf, um, so she was never a problem to write. But I, I, I actually felt that, like when Kate was walking towards the house, oh gosh, that woman is here again. Mm. <laughs> um, right. And then, for, for reasons I don't know, halfway through, I just liked Shirley, and she is the character. If I had to pick one to carry on with, um, you know, in real life, it, she, she'd live next door, she'd pop round for cups of tea with her yeah. cake, yeah. Uh, and she'd just be a really nice, warm character, warm person to know. Yes, very dependable, seeming, and, and in the end, in the novel, she was a, a somewhere to run to. Um, yeah, that that was uh, that was very interesting. How people come off the page. Um, did you have the experience of writing a scene initially for one character, where you thought, "Oh, wait, no, hang on, that would be much much better suit another character." Did you have any of that swapping about, or even swapping dialogue? You've written some dialogue for a character, and you're going, "Wait, no, 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 it's better from this character." No, I don't don't think I really did have that. Mm. Um, I think. Because before I started writing, they were all quite distinct 
yeah. uh, very clear in my mind. Although, um, as I wrote, I did get to know them better. So, for instance, particularly Kate, she was a little bit um, passive in, in the beginning. And I think that was because I didn't really know the full story and where she was going. But no, they were all quite distinct. And um, I found it quite helpful to know that if, say, I was writing Mr. Whistle or Shirley Cooper, that they would have their individual mannerisms and sayings yes. and sort of clear on the page, even if you didn't speech tag them, uh, that could only right. be Shirley speaking or As Mark speaking, yeah. Everything all right, love. Yeah, nobody else would say it. Yeah, no, yeah. That way. No. That's, that's that's very interesting, and I suppose a couple of the the most important characters, just because they represented what was at stake and the risk they were in, were the twins, Sophie and Tom. Uh, well, Sophie is named after um, a child we haven't got. We used to joke we've got three children, uh, and my husband used to say we need a fourth, and we're going to call her Sophie. <laughs> And um, okay. to be honest, was enough for me. Yeah. So that's how she got named. Um, I had twins in there because we haven't got twins, but because I wanted them to be fairly equal when it came to all the challenges of living in Haverscroft, I didn't particularly want a younger child that was being looked after by an older sibling. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've brought up three children. Uh, I've got niece and nephew, um, mm -hmm. friends have all got children. And I think you have to absorb stuff yeah. from life. Um, so there's some of that practical knowledge of having children and having been around them. But again, they were very much there from the beginning, this slightly bossy, overconfident girl and the yeah. quieter boy that was still trying to sort of find him, find himself, really. Right. They That's right. Off. Yeah. Tom um, comforted every night by... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Duck, yeah. His little totem. Yeah. yeah. So the um, yeah, it's interesting how the, how the characters come off the page. I, I did fear for the uh, Mark, the husband's mother, mother-in-law. Yeah. Once she was invited to the house. Oh well, it wasn't invited. It was like, oh look, my mother-in-law is staying. Mm. Um, surprise. As and there were many more surprises between those two. And of course, it wasn't just a straightforward ghost tale. It was a tale of. Um, domestic disharmony mm. we'll say but I, I did worry for her the moment she arrived and she was going to be sleeping in the spare room which by that stage in the novel uh, you would have you, you, you just wouldn't have asked anyone to go anywhere near it no um, well, Kate that, knows. I mean that room was possessed by whatever yeah Kate, Kate knows that because the poor woman's been stuck at the house with the children yeah. And of course, Mark has been away more than he's been there, mm. so he's still thinking, "Don't be ridiculous! You know, there's no such things as ghosts." So he puts his mother in in the spare room. <laughs> mm. Not a good move for for either of them, really. <laughs> no, I mean that, that was uh, that was quite. I was got yeah. That was uh, that was a moment there where I was thinking, "Oh, oh dear." <laughs> <laughs> Give it a couple of chapters. Yeah. And um, it won't be good news. Um, so, I mean, I, I can see in it that you, you build up the tension, you drop in detail every uh, every chapter, just even one piece of detail, and you, you have sort of very cliffhanger um, endings, which are great, because you really just want to read one more chapter before before midnight, probably, and keep the lights on. Yeah. 
Um, you, did you have some fun with the plotting and the, the twists and the turns? Yeah, I did. I, I also had some massive headaches, but yeah. I think that, that goes with the territory, really. Um, but yeah, that that is definitely a fun part of it. Once I'd sort of got the main spine of the plot, so I knew where things were going, you could then drop your red herrings in, um, as you've mentioned. Um, yeah. You can then have other bits that are perhaps more subtly put there, which um, you know lead all the way through and become part of the the overall ending. So yeah, um, there's a horrible toy um, that. Yes. Yeah, um, and that was quite good fun because people just didn't. Uh, when I was sort of sharing it with uh, writer friends and stuff, they didn't know where that was going. And of course, all the time you completely know. So mm -hmm. I sit there and I say, "Oh, this thing is horrible. What What are you doing with that?" And I said, "Well, you'll have to read on and find out." Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that's definitely a fun part, um, but it can be something where you just feel like you've fried every brain cell you've got as you're trying to sort out and bring it all together really um, as a cohesive whole. Yes there were a lot of threads and, and you knitted those all together very neatly at the end. Um, yeah Golly was uh, reminded me of a I don't know if it was a doll or a puppet or anyway, it was something like that it was a malevolent sort of um, object that kept turning up in a very old Tales of the Unexpected episode and funnily enough their, their house burnt down as well so oh, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know if you did but um i was thinking oh here you know it was it was um again a, just a nice bit of psychological flavor mm. um and you think oh it's, it's, this place is just awful um gotta gotta go um talking of the psychological for me it was very interesting to see kate trying to keep a grip on the situation but of course, she does have a history of, um, I suppose, mental illness, mm. and and she was really trying to keep her feet on the ground there. And I was wondering about the division between the natural world and the the supernatural world. And of course, not everyone, uh, as as myself, would believe in the supernatural world, but for whatever that's worth. Um, but it was very interesting to see how all this would come about and be explained. Um, not that you have to write a thesis on it, but um, what was your view on on what was going on? But I mean, as a storyteller, you can you can pass and just say it's a story. <laughs> well, I, when I came to write a ghost story, because <clears throat> I don't watch um, a lot of sort of uh, things that other than sort of reality stuff. Yeah. Um, and I did want a ghost story that seemed grounded in in reality, if indeed you could have such a thing. Right. So, Having her as an unreliable narrator yeah. served lots of purposes, really, because as the reader, you think, well, is it her? Um, mm. Is it real? Is it spooky? What on earth is going on? So it let me have lots of layers of uncertainty, but also um, as a character, hopefully she comes across not as too crazy, because I didn't want a complete fruitcake there. That just right. worked. But someone that the reader can empathise with and and feel sorry for and, and feel as though they're in in her shoes mm. so um well there were moments where she rallied and really pulled herself together when she had to deal with her her husband who was not being straightforward with her i looked quite closely at her character arc when i yeah. was coming to the end of the novel and i did want her to start in a bad place and hopefully end up in a better place um 
and that I had to think of quite carefully how you pace that all the way through the novel really because she couldn't suddenly in chapter two or three bounce back and be that unincontrolled character Mm-hmm. because it simply wouldn't have worked. I mean, she would have said to Mark, I'm sorry, I'm just absolutely not living here and I'm taking the children somewhere else. Right, right. Um, because I was wondering, she could just, yeah, exactly, just yeah. just leave. He's not there to stop her. No, she's financially yeah. dependent on him for the first time. Right. She's had yeah. a career. So I did try and sort of pull the rug from under the poor woman in the beginning. So she she was uncertain of her own in her own mind and her, of her own capabilities and she was financially dependent so that yeah. doesn't leave you in a great spot really just to walk out on a marriage and even go and rent somewhere no no so, um, she had to have her, her battles and gradually as the novel goes on hopefully she got better at fighting those battles mm-hmm. mm. that was uh, that was uh, very interesting to see how she coped with all this this would have tested anyone i think living in such a place I mean, you know, some people can't go to sleep with the light on, uh, let alone uh, let alone spend a month in uh, in in this um, this old house. Um, you did have a nice uh, couple of nice moments of um, of some shocks, um, which I I really appreciated. The nice trick with the mirror. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. Uh, mirrors? If you're in the right mood, you you don't want to look in mirrors. And uh, also a nice one with a kitchen window. I mean, where uh, where it's, yeah. something is seen, and yeah. I thought, well, that's good, yeah. because you do you do wonder late at night, and you might be I don't know washing up in the kitchen, and the window you're looking at is dark, and then all all sorts of things uh, might happen. So it was good, very great, very good spooky tale. Um, enjoyed it, and you you tied it all up at the end. Um, great, and the second one of a similar flavour, but different characters. Different characters and different settings. Yeah. So they're on the Suffolk coast in a very modern um, house, um, which has got a bit of that window thing going on. That right. when it's dark, there's big plate plate glass windows, uh, and of course people can see in and see you, but you can't see them. Oh, I know it's peculiar, isn't it? It's a bit of that weirdness going on. But uh, mm. uh, are there any other similarities? Uh, she's a slightly younger lady, um, but no, they're a completely different cast of characters, uh, a, a younger group really, there's um, there's one older guy but um, yeah. they're a much younger crowd uh, and yeah I'm at that stage at the moment where I'm most of the way through a first draft um, and I had a real block a couple of weeks ago but suddenly that's that's gone, there's mm. people in the back office have sorted that out. Yeah very good. Well, so I'm writing away again uh, now um, and really enjoying it again. I'm at that, one of those stages where it's just, you just think, yeah, this is why I write. Great, great. That's fun. The joy of writing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good. That's a nice place to end on. Well, I mean, I really enjoyed Hobus Croft and uh, look forward very much to the second one when you finish it and get it published. Well, fingers crossed, yeah. I hope we get there. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Yeah. Thanks very much. I'll be talking with Sally again when we discuss life post-publication. We'll find out more about book two and how she's approaching it.